All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. It's called WTF. How are you? Everything all right? Uh, back from New York City. And what a fucking amazing trip. I've been away for three weeks. I don't know if you folks have been keeping up, but uh, I'll give you some updates. By the way, D.L. Hughley is on the show today. He's a guy that I've been wanting to talk to for years, actually, for years. I had a mild obsession with his very first HBO half hour because I think we did him around the same time. We talk a bit about it, but I always wanted to interview him for years and it just never happened. It almost happened a lot. And we had a lovely conversation. So he's going to be here momentarily. Also, yes, I did see it. Yes, I heard about it. I did see it. What am I talking about to those of you who uh, who don't know what I'm talking about? Well, I'll tell you. Alex Moffat on SNL uh, did me as a character in a sketch. It was the Potty Awards, the Podcast Awards. So uh, they took the piss out of podcasting, but I think it had it coming. I, I have no... Uh, I have no real issue with that. I thought I thought it was funny. I thought it was uh, inside in a way. And then he came out and did me. And I got to be honest with you. I was uh, e- e- very flattered. I'm not easy to do. I know that. I don't have enough. I don't think I have enough quirks or ticks. Or maybe, I don't know, James Adobian does a pretty good me. Uh, but Alex uh, Moffat did a very... What, what impressed me was I feel like in the sketch, he, he seemed to... He put some effort into it in the sense that, like, I think he got my walk right. I, it, you know, it looked like he put some effort, he put some time into getting me right. And, you know, I'm barely doing that. I mean, I'm still doing that myself. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there on some days. I, I almost get me right. I thought he got the voice right, the intonation right. Very flattering. And I got to say, uh, you know, I always wanted to be on SNL and that might be it. I might have just gotten on SNL uh, by proxy uh, through the character of me played by Alex Moffat. I'd like to thank him for doing that. It was something, and it was it was good. I was I was um, I I was uh, proud somehow that <laughs> that I'd made it to some level enough to be mocked on SNL uh, as me. That I am enough of a something to where they were like this. This will be funny if we just do an impression of him. I'm a him that they can do an impression of. That is very exciting. Is that okay? Is that all right? I was excited by it. And I thought he did a good job. So. Let's go through it. Let's have at it. I uh, like I, I was sort of going over, you know, my trip to New York. And um, aside from the terror and apocalyptic fires that are going on here in Los Angeles, which, ha- which happened over the last few days, which are just terrifying. There's always that terror of fire here. And I, I definitely feel horrible for all the people that are losing their homes. The people lost people, people lost animals. And it's just uh, it's just a tinderbox out here, and there's always this threat of fire, and there always seems to be a fire going on, and it's awful. I I, I just want to acknowledge that um, we're going through a lot out here. A lot of people are in a lot of uh, a lot of trouble and need a lot of help. And the firefighters have been amazing. Firefighters, not unlike uh, the vets and soldiers and people in the military, today is their day as well. And uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, for protecting us, saving lives, and uh, and doing what you do. We appreciate it. That said, um, I'm back in L.A. My house is okay. Thank you for asking. I'm not sure the air is okay, 
But if that's the worst that I have to deal with is, I, you know, I might not be able to run for a week or so, um, then I'm very grateful. Today, I'm recording this on Sunday. So last night, I did the Beacon Theater. But let's back it up because I was really looking at, you know, what kind of what did I do? Because I was busy the whole time and it was sort of insane what I did. I mean, for the for the I, as most of you know, I did a scene in the or two in the Joker movie. And that went well. And then I went down to Boston and did a couple of scenes in the new Mark Wahlberg film that's being shot called Wonderland. My buddy Pete Berg directed that. But also on top of that, you know, I did interviews. I went to see um, Aaron Sorkin's To Kill a Mockingbird in previews because I was uh, I, I talked to Aaron Sorkin. I talked to Jeff Daniels, who plays Atticus Finch in the show. It was spectacular to go to the theater to see something that has been rethunk, but not... Um, butchered in any way to see something that was written when it was written and to feel how relevant and how much it resonates with the themes of of uh, horrendous racism uh and it, it and actually was able to bring some humanity to it in a way that theater uh, is the only thing that can do that and i thought it was a tremendous uh, effort and uh, it was great talking to aaron with, and and jeff you'll get to hear those soon I also was able to go to see a preview of the new Andy Warhol show at the Whitney, crammed in that. And it's it's really, you know, I, I guess I get jaded. Maybe I, I don't always understand. My partner, uh, am I using that word now? My partner, Sarah the Painter, is a painter. So it's always a little intimidating to go to museums with Sarah uh, because, uh, well, I, I am what I am. You know, I, I you know, she's in it. You know, I'm out of it, but I appreciate it the best I can. And I think sometimes it's good for here to to hear a layman's point of view, just a guy looking at art with uh, with some uh, relative sophistication, some intellect, but not a lot of training and not a lot of sense of the history or the context or or necessarily, you know, what is being shown here. But Warhol, I can handle Warhol's right there. It's all right up front. You, you know, you know what he stood for. You know where he came from. You know what he did. You know how he changed things. And it was spectacular. My point was that you go to the Whitney, you go see a Warhol. It's basically a career show, a career retrospective to some degree. And you think you've seen all that stuff. If you've been going to art since you were a kid, which I have going to see art, you think like, well, what, you know, more Warhol. But I'll tell you, man, it was curated beautifully. They had a lot of early stuff that I'd never seen before. Uh, and they had, and just the selections they made and the way they hung the show was, uh, was tremendous. And like, it was exciting, man. I have not, I mean, I always, I'm always excited to go when I go to see art, but like it like I got there and I was elated. I, I was like, wow, this is really put together nicely. And, and there was some stuff I'd never seen before. Some stuff that really shows, you know, the depth of what he was capable of color wise and conceptually. It was just, uh, tremendous. And then I went to see, I was, I went to the Guggenheim to see the uh, Hilma of Clint, I believe is uh, how you pronounce it. I really didn't know anything about her until Sarah introduced me to her. She was an artist that uh, worked in, uh, God damn, where was it in, uh, was it Sweden, I hope? See, like this is where the conversation <laughs> falls off a little bit. Uh, she was a part of a, a group of women that uh, were, were, were students of a spiritual philosophical society. Uh, she was initially a realist and a, a nature painter, plants, bugs, birds, but then she just broke it open and went on this spiritual quest to sort of like through color and line 
and uh, abstraction sort of solve some of the the bigger you know questions about uh, the mystical realm and uh, and because of that was one of the um, founders uh, if that's a way to put it or, or one of the inspirations for the future of abstract painting and she went relatively unrecognized as many women do in the painting racket for many years and now there's a tremendous uh, retrospective of her work at the Guggenheim and that was that was mind-blowing it's great if you go to New York I highly recommend it and it was the peak of fall it was just uh am I sounding too chipper I know the world is still ending but you know look I I <sighs> okay but there was a great moment though there was a great moment and and I'm yeah, I have to speak as a middle-aged man at some point middle-aged men some of us are doing our best we're doing our best to to stay woke to kind of like, you know, make the adjustments necessary to be respectful of the space that we all occupy together. And there was a moment that uh, that Sarah kind of witnessed and shared with me at the uh, Hilma off Clint show where she was walking past a, a, a man and a woman. The woman was, you know, slightly ahead of the man and, and the man was was irate. And, and this is what she heard him say. The man. I don't like art. I'm here with you trying to be open. You hear that tone? I don't like art. I'm here with you trying to be open. I, we don't know what led up to that. We don't know you know, how long that tone had happened before. But, but if you hear that tone, in particular that tone, especially with that subject matter, that's a, that's a man trying. And, uh, you know, sometimes men are stubborn, but, you know, and, and sometimes we don't, uh, we, you know, especially middle-aged men, we don't make the adjustments uh, as smoothly as we should. But uh, I, 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 don't, I don't, I'm listening. I'm, I'm trying to listen. I'm, I don't want to, okay, I'm sorry. You, you know, that, that tone is, that's not an abusive tone. That's a, that's a man struggling to be woke. So uh, recognize that tone. I'm not saying I'm not I'm I'm not mansplaining. I'm not trying to. I I think that Sarah's first response was like, "Oh God, why did she bring that guy?" And my thought when she told me about that, my response was like, "He's trying. He's he's trying." That's the sound of a man trying. So this brings us up to the other night to Beacon Theater, and um, I you know look, I don't know. Like recently, I've been sort of obsessing obsessing over my last performance in new york my last big one the uh, carnegie hall show i've been sort of hard on myself in retrospect that i wasn't prepared enough that i i felt a little shaky and i didn't feel like i was uh, as grounded as i needed to be i was very hard on myself so heading into the beacon theater which seated about 2500 we had almost almost about 2500 in there which is big for me it's about the that's that's about that's a big night for me a local comic in New York, Dina Hashem, opened for me. She did a great job. I just didn't know what was going to happen, but it was beautiful because I had to be out of there because Tracy Morgan was the show after mine. So I only had, I had an hour 15 max. So I couldn't fucking noodle on no matter how I was doing. I had to get out. So it tightened me up. And, you know, I don't know why I make myself crazy. Maybe it's just part of my process, but I got out there and it was great right from the beginning. It was a great crowd. It was a great room. It's a beautiful theater. It was actually productive because I'm working through bits and, you know, I tried some new stuff that I put together that morning, which I always, I always seem to do when I'm up against the wall and I'm doing a big show. If I, if I just put myself out there and I risk failing or I risk taking uh, out some new bits out there or I frame it a different way, uh, that makes it very immediate and very exciting. And I, and I, 
I come out of it thinking, I came out of it thinking like I see a form to this. So as this hour evolves, as we move towards another special, I did see a way that I could build something that is a unified hour, which is what I've sort of been doing the last couple of specials I did. So it was great. And I was glad people came out and witnessed that. My mommy was there. My aunt Bobby was there. All my, my aunt Linda, my uncle Bill was there. Brendan McDonald came. Sarah was there. Matt Sweeney was there. Sam Lipsight was there. A lot of Marin cousins that I never see were there. My grandma Goldie's neighbor, Carrie Newark and his family were there. But thank you for coming out. It went great. And the new t-shirts sold very well. That, uh, that new shirt, the new WTF shirt that was available for people at the Beacon Theater is now officially on sale for the general public. This is it. This is the shirt designed by Aaron Drapland, and it's great. It's a great shirt. So uh, go check it out and get yourself one or buy one as a holiday gift for somebody. It's at podswag.com slash WTF. P-O-D-S-W-A-G dot com slash WTF. Or just click on the merch link at WTFpod.com. Okay, good shirt, and I'm going to look like that shirt again, at least for a couple weeks, starting tonight. I'm shaving the fucking beard off, folks. Great trip to New York. Happy to be home. Thank you all for everything. D.L. Hughley is here. And D.L., a lot of respect for this guy. Like him as a comic, like him on the radio, like his TV show. I always wanted to talk to him. It It was a thrill for me to have him here. His Netflix special, D.L. Hughley, Contrarian, is now available to stream. His most recent book, How Not to Get Shot and Other Advice from White People, is available wherever you get books. And this is me and uh, veteran comic, not a veteran, but uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lifer like myself, uh, me and D.L. Hughley talking. On your radio show, how how much do you uh, you go? Do you just talk alone? Are you always in there with somebody? Uh huh. Yeah. But it's more with, with the rest of us. So it's uh, it's uh, you know the uh, R and B format. So we have. I got all that forward momentum teasing yeah. shit. We'll be back. You still got more with tears music. Yeah. And then everybody wants you to sell a pizza, they books. Yeah. They, yeah. So so there's that, and then you know labels want you to feature. And so it's it's more uh, cluttered. Yes. Yeah. But do they come in and, uh, like, I remember, because I, I like doing radio. I started, the, the the way I got used to this was I was on Air America for a year right. and a half, I'm right? That. yeah. And, you know, when you first start doing it, when you got to do a morning show and you got to wake up and be yeah. live, yeah. it's fucking exciting, man. Well, except <laughs> when you've been out all night and night. I, I did radio show for a long, <laughs> morning radio yeah. for a yeah. long time. Yeah. I, I, I was beyond my out all night days. Right, right. No, no. Because <laughs> yeah, you out all night, you, you don't know whether you're going to the radio station or going, you're like, hey, I don't think I'll have breakfast at the radio because I've been out so long. <laughs> But I, I love the afternoons. Uh-huh. I love doing that. You do, I, I love the uh, the the medium of radio. Yeah, me too. You, what do you do? Three to what? Do you do three? What uh, time do you start? Well, we start. Well, it's, the show is from three to seven. But you know, when the West, so yeah. when I'm here, it's twelve to four. But like, so do you live here? You live. At, I live here in New York and New York. Uh-huh. And so, how, what's the deal on that? How often do you spend in New York? I'm got like I'll finish this and yeah. I'll go home and pack and I'll be in New York for the uh, week. The week and then I'll be to Portland. And I'll come back and I'll Portland be, for a show? Portland, we're doing the comedy get down with me and George and said George uh, Lopez. Oh really? Said, oh yeah. you're doing that yeah. you're touring with that? Yeah. And Cedric? And Cedric and Eddie Griffin. So Holy shit. 
You got Eddie out? Yep. <laughs> and that's what everybody <laughs> said. Everybody said. You, you managed found him? to get Eddie out? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, where was yeah. he hiding? Like he, was, he was hiding in Vegas and this shit. Like, you know, he's doing, he's, he plays a lot of gigs. He got that uh, residency down in Vegas. He, he does? Was, he was at the Rio and now he's moved. And that's what he, he just stays there most of the year? Yeah, but he, he plays there, I guess, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then he gigs on the weekends. Oh, so like, so he's been working. That's a, a that, ton. That's the thing you know. You don't realize about people in our job. You yeah, know? it's like you don't see someone for a while. You, you don't think they ain't doing that. Yeah, you yeah. don't assume yeah. the best. Yeah, <laughs> he's in Tacoma. <laughs> what? I don't yeah, know what, what that's all about. Yeah, I don't know. What, I didn't ask him anything else. Mm. Didn't seem like he was mm. doing comedy. So, yeah. but so that means you go back and forth every week. Mm-hmm. I'm on the road every. Uh, if if. But you do the show mostly in New York. Live. It's it's really fifty fifty because I because you know I'll be like I did the show Friday from Cincinnati because I had a gig there. So you just go into the studio, do ISDN line. Yep. They set you up. Set you up. And you're and it is it national the show? It's yeah, a, we're in seventy some mark. Oh. Seventy. We're in New York, uh, Baltimore, Detroit. How's it doing? Atlanta, really good. Yeah, really good. It's it's we're we're, we're pretty close to the number one urban uh, syndicated show in the country. Oh, that's great. Who's it's ahead funny. of you? I don't know. <laughs> when I say pretty close because it vacillates every week, but I never, let's just say I look down. I don't look up. <laughs> good, good. So I was trying to think like, I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time. Right, right. But I remember the, the thing that I was like, I remember from way back. Now, am I mistaken or did you do a half hour, HBO half hour? Sure. Like around the time I did? Yeah, you, Bill, you and Bill Maher, it was me, you, Bill Maher. I did it at the Fillmore though. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and yeah. and I rem- I don't know if you were on my shooting, but it was around the same time, like ninety mm-hmm. five. What? Well, it was a little earlier for me. Right, you were yeah. the ones before before me. you guys. Right. So, like, because I remember seeing that, and just I never forget that that's special yours, mm-hmm. because like I was watching you, and 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 you looked like you were furious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and you know what's so funny? <laughs> when I look back at my at my. Uh, you know, earlier stuff. Like, yeah. I hardly ever, like, if it comes on or somebody yeah. mentions it, um, it was really, because I, 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 I came out of a different experience. Yeah. So, like, I, I worked really, you know, the, the Chitlin Circus. So, you would be working these nightclubs. But where'd you start? Here, in Los Angeles. But you grew up here. I grew See, up I here. See, I didn't even know that. I grew up here. Until this morning. Yeah, I grew up here. And so, when I, when I wanted, we, you do joints like the Page Four, or the Total Experience, or the Regency West. So, they were really just these fucking nightclubs. Here. That had the clean drinks or whatever. Yeah. And so, because at that time, you had to have the drinks off the floor at... By two o'clock, so at one thirty, yeah, they would let comics go up, and yeah. so you had to shout and shit, and you know, at one thirty, one thirty, so the comics would go to get and people out to to so that they could clean the drinks up. No shit, they could still stay. They just couldn't have liquor out. They so what part stay. of town did you grow up in? I grew up on one hundred thirty fifth and Avalon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know that neighborhood. It's uh, South Central. It's yeah. like if you hit a motherfucker, from, if you threw a rock from my house, you hit a nigga living county. That's what happened. You, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, we hit some, yeah. So we were in the unincorporated part of Los Angeles. So I lived on this side. That was L.A. and across the street was Compton. What does unincorporated mean? Nobody wants it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants it. It was called the un- unincorporated. Part. It was like it was Los Angeles. Compton and Gardena. It's like if you go, if you look on the map, it's like yeah. Rosecrans and Avalon, and uh, you know, across this way is Gardena, across this way is Compton, across. Yeah. So it's really it didn't belong to anybody. It's no man's land. 
So we're like ex- almost exactly the same age, mm-hmm. give or take a few months. Mm-hmm. Born in 1963. Mm-hmm. So like you grew up through a lot of shit in that neighborhood. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it didn't, it, I don't know that it felt like anything. Well, it, right, it, it didn't it feel just, like, it was just like. It was just your life. Like when I. When I watch movies or read yeah. stuff about it, I go, damn, that was fucked up. I don't know how we made it. How did anybody make it? But <laughs> it didn't ever feel like that with me. It yeah. never felt like, it's not something that I, I'm not overly nostalgic about it, yeah. but I have a lot of pleasant memories. Yeah. But did, do you remember it like at any point getting bad or scary or fucked it up? It was never scary to me when I was living there. When you were little? When I, when I was living there, but when I got married, like I got married at like 21, uh-huh. 20 years Still old. married to the same oh, person? Yeah, I still am. And when I would go back, because you know, they, you were in it, so yeah. when I would go back, like with my, and I was like, shit, this is pretty goddamn scary. <laughs> so yeah. it would, it would, once that like, like, like that, that tether broke and you had seen other things. Right. Because you have, I had virtually nothing to compare it to. Yeah, how long did you stay there like your whole childhood? Yeah, yeah, stayed there my whole childhood. Well, and then I, I left when I was like 17. So, what was the family situation? How many brothers? I have, and uh, I have uh, two sisters and one brother. Um, and your uh, folks still around? My old man just went about uh, a month and a half ago. Which really? Is, yes. And it was, you know, it's funny because. Good run? He has a good run. Yeah. You know, you, that's what I told myself because I'm, I'm like, I, I like to think I'm a pretty pragmatic guy. Uh, but it was it was rougher than I thought it would be. Like, yeah. Oh, them, of course. I yeah. Mean. I was like, I, I I thought, hey man, I've seen a lot of shit, and yeah. he's had a good run. How old was he? Eighty uh, four. Yeah. Eighty four. But when you're old man, like women say dumb, like I don't think they they intentionally, but they have a different motivation. Like they, you should be there. Right. When he he'll know you yeah, there. Yeah, he yeah. didn't. He didn't know it was there. He didn't <laughs> because he was. Just, he he didn't know. He, he but it was so funny because we. What did he have? He had uh, stage four lung cancer. So it was that whole. Oh. That, that was a horrible thing to. Yeah. But it was. He didn't know because he was on morphine. He was on everything. Like, yeah. But there was you know there was the most the best moments I've ever had with my father was when he was on oxygen and couldn't talk back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing the shit you can get off your chest when a motherfucker can't say nothing back. Did you, <laughs> yes. did you get some shit? I solved? got you know how much I loved him and how oh, much yeah. and I just I wish he'd let me be close to him and yeah. he takes his mask off and he says uh, you know I just wasn't from that gender. It was he was lucid and he said yeah. I wasn't from that generation. I'm amazed at how much you've accomplished and I, oh. I, I'm not. Uh, he said I'm just so proud of you. Oh boy! And then my brother walked in and go wait a minute I was talking to that motherfucker. Who are you? <laughs> 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 but it was because we came from a very like religious family. Like I don't think. I think black people are scared not to believe in God, like, 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 because they go, we been, we, we believe in God, and look how shittily we treated now. What if we didn't believe in him? No, well, that's right. I, I mean, I think uh, you, you know, I, I imagine that's what religion is for. It's what it's used for. Yeah. Do you, are you? Do you go to church now? No. I mean, it was always weird to me because the same people that gave you Jesus gave you nigga. So it wasn't really like. <laughs> <laughs> Way back, right? Like, mm, yeah, yeah, I right. don't know, like, 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 just even the stories that you hear about don't make sense. Like, if you like, oh, Santa ribs you with what? What do you want, little slave boy? My mother back. Yeah. I'd like my mother back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like my mother back. And my father to have his foot back. So yeah. you couldn't. So my father and is, my real name, please. <laughs> right, and my real name, and some semblance of where I came from. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty three and me before it happened. Yeah, right. So uh, they, and the in the end, you know. Cause, Cause, I think one of the the great things about religion is that you get to bullshit yourself 
You you get to bullshit I know, yourself. I know, I know. I talk and, about it a lot lately. And I have like the, I, I, that's probably why I'm not because I, I have I, I have a diminished capacity of of the ability to bullshit myself. So they are talk. My father has just left. We all had to be in there because yeah. it was weird. Because my father. My mother's been trying to kill my father for fifty-eight years. So I yeah. didn't think. Surely, I, I thought he was. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> he made it. He made it this long. Yeah, I thought like she wouldn't be sad, but like we, she called. She got. She calls us. Oh, they're not together. Yeah, they were together. Oh, they were. They're, yeah, or as much as you could be together when you're trying to kill somebody. Yeah. Like they don't have a love like a Valentine's Day. They have a Happy Toleration Day card. But always. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they ever. It was. It's just so weird the things you find out about your family as when, they get older. As it, yeah, and the end is near, and how kind they are. Oh my god, my, I, my, my dad tells me shit. I'm like, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't I, think I. I, I could, don't need to. I can live without this. <laughs> yeah. But she, he was dying. And she goes, mm. "Come on in, your father's getting ready to go." Mm. And she tells him, she said. Charlie, you don't have to wait. You've done your job. I got it from here. And that motherfucker took two breaths and died. I said, God. Well, your mother said I got to go, so I'm I said, this dude died on command. What type of shit is that? He listens to her. <laughs> he listens. So, so when uh, everybody's in the room and they're all very religious and they go to church and, I, and they believe and yeah. they're like, we're going to see you again, daddy. Oh, so yeah. when they all walked out, I went, hey, man, you know this is it for us. <laughs> we going in different directions. You going up, I'm going down. But I'm going to miss you, motherfucker. I swear. I swear. (laughs) We go in a different direction. We'll never see each other. Uh, I've never seen anyone die. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't. Don't. Was that the first time? The first time that way. Yeah. Not the first time, you know, in life, but the first time that way. You saw other people die? Oh, yeah. Where, on the streets? I saw two people die when I was a kid. Yeah? One had a motorcycle accident, a mini bike. You remember those little mini bikes? Yeah, sure. He slapped The one they shouldn't have given us? Right, the one that they they would never allow to happen now. No way. We can't even have those fucking scooters. No way. I see grown-ups on those scooters. Yeah. You're going to break, man. We're breakable. Don't think that you can do that shit. And cities rent them now. All over the place. Yeah, yeah. So this kid was on a a mini bike, and he hit a wall, and his brain came out. No, come on, man. I'm not even, like, Wow. (laughs) We were kids, and then I watched a kid named Bradley get shot. That oh, yeah. was those, the two How, A kid you knew? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It when was, you were older? He was little. No, I was in the seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. So he was in the ninth or tenth grade. Oh, and he got shot in some he, bullshit? He got shot. Some, he was a Boy Scout. And so these cats from my neighborhood That's had got a to a- heavy Boy Scout. Yeah. They're armed in your neighborhood? <laughs> but he was, he was like one of those kids, like every neighborhood, no matter how rough, has a kid that that has a different light. Good kid. Yeah, he was a good, like he wasn't, he didn't yeah. succumb to the, yeah. so he did all the shit that you were supposed to do, like right. a Wee Below and a Boy Scout. Oh yeah, went all bullshit. through it. Cub Scout, Boy Scout, mm-hmm. Wee Below, that. and uh, mm-hmm. isn't there another one? Eagle Scout. Eagle, like Eagle, Eagle, yeah. So he believed in he had all, all the outfits. Yeah, he had them all. <laughs> and he got and, and and he was here's the thing about a dude like that. He was conscientious, but he was so cool everybody dug him. Yeah. So like people didn't yeah. think he was a dick. And some anything. one fucker just killed him? Well, these dudes had gotten to it with some other dudes from another neighborhood. Yeah. And when they drove up, the fight had happened on a weekend, and when they drove up, they knew and ran. And he's like, I ain't in this shit. Yeah. And they shot him. They, on purpose. Uh, yeah, it was. A, it was one of the. It was. It was uh. the first time, I I I conceptualized how you could hate somebody, um, just from a different neighborhood. Like that notion made me hate those cats from those neighborhood. And, you know, and I, it's something you would never do now because you're older and you have a continuing. But experience. Our, our politics is driven by it now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's, it's the same it really shit. Is. It really is. This tribal shit. Yep. 
The Hatfields and the McCoys all over again. Yeah, and, and it's it's so shallow and fun. I can't like I mean I I know you 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 you're you're in it a lot, but like you, so you were able to stay out of trouble when you were no, a kid? I got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> I did all the time. I got I never graduated from high school. I you know, I, I got kicked out of. I got kicked out of Gardena High. Went to Lock High. Yeah. Kicked out of there in a week. Went to seven, for what? Fighting. Oh seven really? Weed. You know, trying to be, trying to be. Uh, you know, I I never. I always. I didn't have a romantic notion of the way, uh, of the cats I grew up with, and I don't have a romanticized notion of them. Like I, I said earlier, but they taught me a lot about the world, even though it was a very small piece of the world, and and a, and a lot about who I am and what I could be. And, yeah. And, but I remember I would do all the shit they did, but I felt so bad for them. Oh, really? I did. I was like... Did you feel guilty, though? I didn't feel guilty, but I felt bad for them because I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't articulate it then, but I just knew something was different about me. Yeah. Like, they had girls and money and respect. And yeah. They could do what they wanted to do. And but you saw that it was, like, empty or that it wasn't all that it was... I don't know that I would say that because that's a little more in, introspective than I would have yeah. been. But I felt years later I would realize I knew it wasn't. I was I was being disingenuous that I it was it was it wasn't it wasn't you. It wasn't who I was, and the fact that that was who they were yeah made me feel bad for them. Interesting. They weren't they weren't pretending. That was it. This was for, this yeah, the best them. it's ever going to be for them. But do you think that you were maybe because like you know we're comics and you're you're obviously a smart guy that there's a sensitivity uh, and a, and a capacity for for empathy you, you know that happens at a young age and you know either we can handle it or we can't either mm -hmm. we get we get defensive or we don't but there there's something like I'm I'm just trying to picture because I knew guys that you wanted to hang with. But you, you knew that, like you weren't one of them. Yeah, because like, but you didn't quite know what you it's, were. I would, I would, I would have to say that's a closer, that's a close approximation. Because they, I, lo I loved them. Yeah, and I thought yeah. they were cool. Right. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't think I was like I didn't feel superior. Right. But I felt you, they gave sorry. you they right, but but they gave you definition right, too. Right. Because you always like I remember hanging out with badass dudes because sort of like you know I, I wasn't a pussy but right. but you know I wasn't doing that. Right. And they had a certain amount of confidence or a certain amount of cool. Right. And they were like, come on, come with us. Right. I'm like, yeah, okay. Right. Do I have to get new shoes? <laughs> <laughs> but they never. You know, one thing I will say. Yeah. They let me do some shit, but yeah. it was some shit they knew I wouldn't couldn't do. Yeah. Like it was some shit. Like when they went to go do dirt, it's like I couldn't go. What's that? Like if they went to go hurt somebody, oh. I went to go do right. some, you know, some shit that it too, was heavy. It, your heart wasn't that way. They, 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 and, and, and I didn't know that. And so when you when, when you have this, and I didn't know that, but yeah. they did know it. So right. I guess I would say that as much as I knew about them, they knew about me. And when I hear, when I watch these, um, you know, if you if you hear the popularized notion of, of, of neighborhoods like that all across the yeah. country... Um, they the, they have reduced it to little more than animals who are scraping by to right. survive, and, sure. and and it really I think that they have uh, cheated themselves out of uh, out of really great stories and really great uh, touchstones and really great opportunities to know a lot about human behavior. How you mean how the media and white culture represents yes, it, yes. right? Well, then I'm not saying it doesn't. It doesn't have you know. Obviously, it's, it's a lot of it is rooted in, in whatever. Right. Well, the interesting thing, can... yeah, it, a small a, a part of the reality. The story you don't hear is is how those communities survive, right? And how they, they people still live and exist and right. are safe in those communities right. it's because the communities take care of themselves, right? right. That there's you know, all these things put into place by the fucking community. Right. 
to try to save some people. Right. And and it's it's a like I say this and I literally mean the most dangerous place for black people to live is in white people's imaginations. <laughs> because Is that yours? Yeah, it's absolutely mine. The most dangerous place for black people to live is in white people's That's imagination. Great. And it's because even statistically, the people, society, these yeah. notions of us, they're bigger, stronger, faster, more impervious to pain, less moral, yeah. more amoral, more more brutal. Right. And um, even worse now, right. culturally. Right. Yeah. And so when you have that notion of, like, I hope I never meet, I ho- never hope I never meet the black men that exist in their imaginations. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I never do. Right. Like, like so... Just but a monster. He's and and that's all they do, and all they want to do is fuck their women and 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 rob them and put strain. It's, it's it's, but everywhere we live, we had to live. Yeah, I was watching this thing on, uh, and I forgot it was National Geographic. You know, you're not even trying to watch yeah, something, some yeah. shit come on, you yeah, go, God yeah, damn, okay. that tiger looks hungry. Yeah. And you start yeah. watching. Oh, I watch all, I, I, I used to love doing that. I used to love just turning the TV on, flipping around going, oh, what the oh, fuck I see what the, right. <laughs> So they had this thing called the Tiger Widows of, so it was these tigers that fed off these, the women would go get bamboo or yeah, wood yeah. or, yeah. you know, they did, they, and everybody would go, why did they leave? Why didn't they leave? And it was because they couldn't. And that's really the same situation. A lot of people, people live where they have to live. Yeah. And everywhere we live is because somebody told us we had, in large numbers, whether you're black, brown or whatever, in large numbers society, and policemen don't exist to keep us safe. They exist to keep us where we belong. Where you live. Yeah, Stay where you belong. belong. Right. And that's the the unincorporated that's, part. It, it is. It is. And that's also where I, I imagine Jesus comes in on some level. Is that the? Uh, I imagine a lot of community outreach has to happen through the churches and through. But it's always it's always been like I used to get in trouble because black people, by and large, or yeah. people of color, by and large, yeah. have a pretty fervent belief yeah. in religion. Yeah. But white people do too. Yeah. Except they can have heaven while they're here. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing okay. Yeah, we got to <laughs> die before we see Jesus. The only evidence I can see of Jesus is the idea uh, that people tell me, like, I'm alive and look what happened. I mean, like, that. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. It's not coincidence. <laughs> right. It's because yeah, Jesus yeah, did it. I'm yeah, like, I don't yeah, know. Like, if we really broke down the math, right. it does seem like it could <laughs> be a coincidence. I'm pretty sure Jesus has never been to where I live. Like, he, like I'm, I'm, I mean, I would, like, like, everywhere we live in large numbers, there's very little evidence of Jesus except for churches. Yeah. But there's a, like there's no like it's dirtier, it's vi- more violent, right. it's more right. Well, that's so. what I mean. Well, that that's a you know the same place that the the horrible image of the uh, of the black man lives in the white people's minds. I mean, yeah. Jesus lives in the mind. That's yeah. So it, it's pretty crowded. It's yeah. got to be pretty crowded. Like <laughs> like and, and now one a great thing about now like being a comic and mm. like this whole Nike thing. Yeah. I think Nike and Obama occupy the same place in a lot of white men's mind mm-hmm. because Nike needs niggas to live like yeah. they don't they don't need a 40 year old white dude they don't they really don't you're obsolete to them you don't matter to them yeah they got they got people they got they're, they're a global company yeah and most of the people who either buy their products or look up to people who buy their products yeah. are black or brown right yeah, like you don't know a white. They put them on the map. That's they put them on the and map they, and they sustain them. Yeah, like you don't know a dude. Yeah. The only white athlete you know with a shoe deal is Tom Brady, and he wear Uggs. Yeah, <laughs> and black people ain't waiting in the mall for the brand new Ugg to come out. <laughs> it's true, and Nike's been doing that forever. forever. 
And and Nike's they like, make special shoes yes, for black people, yes, they and they'll do. make three of the same kind. Exactly, and everybody sees them. Yeah, because when you when you are, Nike is the purveyors of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and generally people who wear those shoes and espouse this kind of vantage point are people who are probably civilly they're pretty active they're yeah. pretty they probably they have a civil kind of core that runs through. yeah so follow you know, follow through the idea that Obama and Nike hold and, well, the same well, Nike, well, uh, Nike doesn't need white people to right. they didn't need he didn't need they didn't need their consent yeah or acceptance yeah. or, or or participation right and neither did Obama Obama won the presidency with, uh, with the majority of white people going yeah. we don't want you here yeah Right. And I think that those things remind them that they're not the only game in town, and it, it irks them. They when when white men say this shouldn't happen, yeah. generally that's what happens. Right. Yeah. But in with Nike and Obama, they're like, and they, those things are two recent um, notions that they've had to come to grips with. Now, like, but you, like, like just re- going off that recent news. I mean, what kind of fucking person is going to you know burn some shoes? Yeah. I mean, like, like I mean, you must be shocked. Maybe you you aren't, but it's like, how many of them are there? I mean, like, the one thing is, if we get through this shit, whatever the fuck we're going through right now, uh-huh. if we come out the other side, we're gonna know exactly who those people right, are. But we always did. You always. We did. always did. No, no, I'm talking about in general. We yeah. always knew. They get to pretend like they're not that way. Here's the thing: Why do hateful people always burn shit? Like, <laughs> if it's a flag or shoes on either side, all right? Why, why do y'all they... burn? What right. the fuck is the what's the protesting burning shit up? But I, I just think that mostly what I see is a spirit of fear, which is whether no matter what you call it, yeah, you could call it anger, you could call it. It's a spirit of fear. Is that that this place that we've always staked out that was always solely ours is not anymore? Like America, America is is getting blacker and browner and fatter, sure. and higher. I do a joke on stage. I, I brought it back recently because my producer reminds me reminded me of it. And it's kind of a hard thing to take. I don't even know if it's a joke, but I used to say the the fear really at the core of racism is that they know in their hearts and in their minds that it only takes one brown load to make white black. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no unblacking white. It is, <laughs> and you know, and we're getting like now. Yeah. People are marrying each other and having yeah. people in their families yeah, and, and accepting it, and, and and really accepting it. And it really, it really does take acceptance because, and but acceptance not in the way that society says I should, but acceptance to me means I'm familiar with you, I ate with you, right, we, right. We we We're have family. the same yeah. grandmother, yeah. and yeah. we have the same arguments. Well, that was the weird thing about what really came down after Obama was that what the one part of democracy that was too big of a burden for these people was tolerance. Yeah. Like, it was just like, finally, yeah. we get the relief right. that we didn't have to tolerate right. it. But there's no way democracy moves forward without it and, and it, without tolerance. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I know, like, what I don't understand, it's, I understand it. I don't know why I'm saying it. Like, you know, it's all a shock to me. But you go to New York or you walk around here, but mostly New York, maybe a little bit of Chicago, but New York for sure, where, you know, it is a very diverse town it is i mean at least but the, very on, segregated i know but i mean on the working level yes like day to day in yes. the city people work and you walk around you see in everybody you're on the train and no way it's it, it, that's it works right and these people that and are, it doesn't seem like it should but it does it does and then these people that are all up in arms about mexicans and black people they don't even have them in their fucking right. neighborhood right not even in their city right right so that's the fear part i mean with the, like you guys are coming for them 
I think that the, I think there are a couple of things. I think you're absolutely right about that. But there are, there is this notion of people being afraid of of all the horrible things that that have been done to people like that. Yeah. They're afraid of vengeance too. They're afraid that oh, that's right. If I, what if these motherfuckers get me back? What if what if they because you don't the one thing I will say about these specific times and I don't care where I you Eddie like to you 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 you're you're, you're the reason where when something happens, yeah. they pretend like they don't see it. Like they get to pretend yeah. like they don't know Donald Trump is racist. Or they get to pretend like they don't know some policemen right. can be brutal. Because if they did acknowledge it, they'd be compelled to do something about it, or or, or deny it and live with that cancer in That's their right. soul. That's right. Which I think a lot of them do. That's right. And so, with the component of re- the realization of yeah. things, is also if you know what things really are, then uh-huh. you also know. The other side of the coin is that what if people uh, exact revenge for that? Well, yeah, and that, I mean, I just went to the, uh, you know, I was down in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and I went to that, the, the monument, the, yeah. the, the big yeah. lynching mm-hmm. monument, and then I went to the museum in Montgomery. Uh-huh. And that was an issue that, that's always been there, is that, you know, by the time, at slavery at its peak, they they were way out in them, yeah. And then you know, once it, it it was ended, they were just sort of like, okay, right. just just go. Right. They knew all the time that at any point, right. Which is why all that terrorism happened, all right. the lynchings happened as an example. But they were completely outgunned, mm-hmm. and I think they still that's still the thing. It's not it's not so much. I mean, they they probably regret slavery on some level, but they're still afraid of the repercussions. I think the only now, I think that human beings, some yeah. people. Are, I think they regret slavery, but the reason most of them regret slavery is because we're still here. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have a return plan. Right. They didn't didn't have a return to sender plan. Just like the kids that they're stealing from these parents. Right, right. They didn't didn't run any names down. (laughs) Right, right. No cities. Right. No ships wanted to take them. Right, right, But it's so, like, even now, like, it's, it's funny how America loses perspective constantly in matters like this like really I don't know how different Colin Kaepernick is from Muhammad Ali uh-huh. and we still have never learned from that or Rosa Parks or any I'm not, I'm not talking about his vocation yeah. I'm talking about his stance and what it cost him and how it galvanized the community and how it raised awareness he's gonna be more famous for the thing that he stood for than, for throwing, than he ever could for throwing a ball and it's, it's, it's that whole thing and the, and, and the, and the other thing do you is, feel like he has galvanized the community I, I, I feel like he has f- it's so funny because now, now we're start ha- talking like a white guy. We're having- I mean, how are you guys doing? <laughs> What's- he's, 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 he's. People got mad because Colin Kaepernick's. Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you playing football? Yeah. This is America's. Why? 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 Yeah. We can't, but the only time white people ever listen to us is when we're running, jumping, dancing, or sing. Mm-hmm. So the only time white people sit around and watch black people mm-hmm. is if they're doing something to entertain them. So yeah. it makes perfect sense if you want to get their attention do yeah. it while they're but even, even beyond that one of the things that society seems to do is go well that black person is successful so he's not he doesn't get to have that conversation anymore he doesn't get to say right but he's not regular he's black not, he's right. one of he, us he's, he's, he's kind of one of <laughs> yeah yeah like if you look at football players a lot of people well, why are they protesting police brutality they're rich but if you look at the, the physical attributes, the very physical attributes that get you drafted in the NFL as yeah. a black man, being big, black, fast, strong, aggressive, 
impervious to pain. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, those very physical attributes that get you drafted in the NFL, get yeah. you killed when you're on, off that field. Right. If you have it on a draft report, you're high. Yeah. You go high on the draft. Yeah. If you have it on a police report, it's the reason the grand jury quits. They right. go, well, shit, look at all this. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. We had to shoot that nigga. We had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wasn't on the field. <laughs> right, 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 right. He was doing that shit just in the right, town. Right, in the right, city. right, right. That was between the hash marks. We were <laughs> yeah, we had no problem. <laughs> right, right. But we know what he had in his hand. It wasn't a ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 so, but when you were a kid, you know, and hanging out with these guys, like getting back to that idea, that I think that was kind of sweet that they knew you couldn't handle it and they didn't want you to get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Those I, guys. They didn't. Yeah, they were hard and you they, were like, they, you know, I wasn't. Don't fuck that guy. I up. wasn't. Like I, I remember they had, uh, they were beating this kid, man. Ugh. They were beating him so bad. I go, hey man, I go, and I was, I was a kid. Yeah. And I go, Hey, that's it. we should stop. <laughs> and he said, Enough. "Hey, look here, man. This is the way this shit goes. Uh-huh. And uh, take your ass home." And and another time that landed right. Yeah, because it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. It was the. You know, I knew they had patience for me, but at a certain point, hey, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. All right, now. Yeah. Uh, now you playing? <laughs> What's the right? What's right. the grown ups? Right. <laughs> beat the shit out of this Get back on the porch. <laughs> Don't don't try to run with the big dogs. We we you know we we defer to your little bullshit difference, yeah. but that's enough. We always see that dynamic in uh, in that great Singleton movie. What the one was the one with Boys in Hood? No, the other one, Mama, uh, the uh, boy, b- b- uh, baby boy, baby boy. Yeah, oh, Tyrese, man. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a fucking yeah. great movie. Yeah, yeah. That I, like I talk about that movie. I want to yeah. talk to him because I think that movie's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Of course, a bunch of times. Jo- I mean, Jody, I, yeah, Jody, Tari- Taraji, yeah. Snoop, all yeah. of it. Yeah, but like that dynamic Bing. that you know they they looked out for him. Yeah, they knew that you know he won one of them. Yeah, and 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 it's like you were lucky to be that guy. Yeah, because you're you're lucky to have their favor and their favor. Like you're lucky to have them see something redemptive in you mm. that they didn't try to exploit. Yeah, because as as great as it could be to somebody. That thing right. could be exploited. It could yeah. be exploited physically. It could be exploited emotionally. It yeah. could be exploited. But they knew, like some guys, for whatever reason, whether it was parenting or just the nature of who they were, they have that ability to right. be that dude. And, yeah. and there were dudes that would protect you from dudes who weren't like that. Yeah, like it, it like there's the, 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 you know it's not it's not a mic it's not it's not one uh, you know monolith. It's yeah. a lot of, and so there were dudes who would rob you or try to do yeah. whatever they could do and yeah. it was dudes who stopped them from doing that right. because they believe you know yeah. some people just like fuck it we, he here yeah. and we're gonna try to take advantage of him <laughs> and it's just you you look back at it and you realize how and it's one of the reasons I still believe in some kind of higher, higher power because I don't believe you can navigate all that bullshit uh-huh. just on your own uh-huh. with your own wherewithal so it's one of the reasons I gotta say that maybe there's something out there that is functioning past me. Right. I, and I've seen that at least to some degree in my personal life. Oh, yeah? I mean, like, I ain't going to church. Just, just, like right, but no, just your ability to make it through and 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 not and, and hold on to your heart somehow and your and your and and your empathy and your compassion and your right i remember feeling bad uh what was it i was i, I can't even remember how old i was i was coming home and these cats they older cats because mm. i used to like to be on the older dude, yeah because that was all what all the shit was right yeah it was yeah. always so they hey come here you want to see this we got this girl and she's we're running a train on her she's and i was like what 
So I, got, yeah. I didn't. So I go see, and they had this girl, and they were, and I was like, "Hey, man, I don't, I don't think she's with it. I don't, I, I yeah." I don't even remember how I said it, but I said that. This, and I said that's that's not. I didn't. I would. I wouldn't have known what rape was. I right. wouldn't have known what sex was. I wouldn't have known how, how to articulate. I had to be ten, like yeah. twelve. Right. 13. And these are kids around that age. No, they oh, were oh, right. older. And she was older. Yeah. And uh and uh. uh but I you said, felt it. it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. Yeah. And I knew. And here's the funny thing about it is, I said that she doesn't want to do this. Yeah. And I and I was smaller than them, yeah. and I wasn't as tough as them, and I was afraid of them. Yeah. But I said, get your stuff. Come on. To the girl. And she got her stuff. And they didn't let me do it out of sense of fear. And they didn't let me do it out of sense of intimidation that I would tell yeah. or that they, they could they that I would do something physical. They let me do it because I saw them and they were ashamed that I had. Yeah. It was shame they did that. Day. Yeah. They knew they so were they, wrong. They, they knew, but none no one around them, they knew they were wrong. Yeah. And they would hit they hit me and say, Go home like but not beat me up, but just like right, slap right, me around. Right. They had to make a uh, like a yeah. They had a pose. And, but they let me take her pose, and she. I walked her all the way home. Wow. And 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 so uh, there are all she these. Thank you. She. This is funny. So Mark would get her home. She yeah. lived in a different neighborhood. Yeah. I had to walk past, and her brother sees his sister all you know disheveled and yeah. torn up. Starts chasing me around with a knife, and she didn't say anything for a while. <laughs> and finally, she goes, "It wasn't him. He helped me. He helped me. He helped me." Oh, no. <laughs> so he said, "Either you tell me who did it, yeah. or I'm gonna cut you." And I said, "Man, I live. I can't. These. I live with them. Yeah. I can't." He said, "Well, I'm gonna cut you." And I closed my eyes, and he didn't cut me, <laughs> and he slapped me around. So I got beat up by him, and I got beat up. <laughs> he slapped me all the way back to my like just kept slapping me in the back of my head and kicking me in my you know just, yeah, just yeah, doing because you're a kid yeah right? but just like yeah and then so I get back to my neighborhood and they kind of not talking to yeah. me and then weeks later I'm at the, the this place called Smitty's Liquor Store we all hung out there yeah and I see the motherfucker who and he and he gets into his car and said thanks nigga and goes because I I helped his her sister. brother. Yeah. yeah, he didn't say he wasn't nice. Yeah, right. he goes thanks again. <laughs> that, that was it. That's all you got. That's enough. That's all I got out. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't go to the, the, your, the guys who live in your neighborhood. They were still mad at me. Right, but you couldn't yeah. say like you don't know what I did. Right, no, I, I, I couldn't say that. No, it was and it was it. But I'm actually, I'll never forget that moment. Yeah, the, the moment of something bigger than you. That's one of those moments yeah. where you get the the courage to do that yeah. in that moment. Yeah. To you know, see something's wrong in a real way mm -hmm. and step in. And I was hor I was so afraid that my mouth tastes like pennies. That was the first time, like the only time, like I would. I read a story one time and it talked about the brass taste of fear, and I went, "That's what that is." Really? Yep, that's how I knew it. It's yeah. real. It was man. It, it my mouth was dry and it tasted like pennies, and I so, was horrified. And so that was enough for you. You didn't. You didn't have to get. You know, you never crossed any other sort of moral lines. I've crossed a lot of moral lines. I shouldn't. You know, I, right? I, I've crossed a lot of moral lines, but I, this is weird to say, but not many that I haven't. Uh, I, I don't pretend like I don't know what they are, and mm -hmm. I don't pretend I, I don't give myself a break for them. I'm like more in my marriage, right? And uh, some of the things I've done. But you never killed a dude, no, right? No, <laughs> you have a pretty low bar. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other stuff you can rationalize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. Yeah, fuck my wife's sister, but I didn't kill nobody. <laughs> no, I didn't actually. Do that. <laughs>
<laughs> I didn't do that. You know what I mean. Like, I, I think there are some things that, like we we're talking about before, whatever they were insulating you from, there are some things that break a spirit that, you know, will either crush a person or make them hard beyond redemption. Right. And a lot of those cats, though I love them and that I learned a lot from them, they were, they were, they were. I've met four dudes in my neighborhood, I say, yeah. that without. I'm not a I'm not a psychologist right. or a psychiatrist. Right. But they were sociopaths. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they they like me, so it was cool, but they were sociopaths. Right, cuz something broke in them where conscience was not they they're they're they couldn't entertain it. Yeah. They just didn't get it. They just Oh, from the get go. They, just they never, were They, they were, were always different. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? How do you think that's okay? Like I, yeah. they were always from the time we were kids I wonder about that, 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 that sort of, uh, like now because of social media platforms and also because of this president, that it's sort of unleashed a type of, uh, you know, if there's some narcissists out there yeah. who, are, who are like malignant, fucked up people right. and they've got any juice at all, it's their time. It is, man. It's vampires walking the earth in the daylight. But they it's just like, if you daylight, look at yeah. like, you look at Trump, Roseanne, Kanye, yeah. there's like an arc there. Yeah. There's something that's running through. Yeah. That's and and, and all and all of them, the, and and I, I I would say that every person I know have that is is him is they have this malignancy in them, yeah, and it's so obvious. Yeah. Now you can mask it with a level of genius, sure, or charm, or like yeah, yeah. yeah. You can mask, you know, and, right? Or, and, but but when it's naked and you see it for it's itself, there's like I like I I I loved Kanye. I can't yeah. stand him now. Yeah, I can't. I, I I can't. You mean you've gotten past to like? Well, he's mentally ill. No, because black people do that. Everybody yeah. go. Every, see, this was if you make an album good enough for us. Yeah, we will make excuses for you. That's how bad we need to feel good. Right. They're like, you know, that ain't gave me right since his mama died. Yeah. You know, we made excuses for R. Kelly. I mean, I know he peed on that girl, but if you're gonna pee on somebody, this is the album you need to do it to. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Bill Cosby raped those people, but what he gave us Jello. So yeah, yeah. But we had they didn't let him off the hook. No, it they took didn't. a long time. It took a long time. Yeah. But for but for 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 people like that, that the reason that they spark to him that he's like that moth to the flame kind yeah, of thing, right? Is because they internally have the same kind of failings and malignancy, yeah. and darkness that he yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Like yeah. like Roseanne with the whole Ambien thing, and I'm like, that was a that was Ambien a, makes you sleepy, not hate niggas. I don't, yeah, I never saw yeah. that. What is that all about? Well, she like that's the thing. Knowing from a, having a narcissistic and a narcissistic father, like when you corner them, they got no way out but right. fuck you, right? Like, and you know they'll make all the excuses, but if they're down for the count, they're not just gonna go down. No, no, no they're gonna take some. It, 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 yeah, you don't know what the fuck's like gonna the whole happen. thing. I didn't, I didn't know that ape was. Mm-hmm. You called Susan Rice ape earlier. Yeah. You said you and then you value you did you so you yeah. you can't pretend, but the, it's not even them. Yeah, I we've had people like them. Yeah, you know, and throughout history. Yeah, what we haven't tended to have is so many people like them with voices and power who are letting them run unobstructed well no yeah we we had we always had them but they didn't have a twitter account yeah they, they, didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have a way to just you know cause trouble to sync up cause international yeah. trouble right. you know with you saying one thing right. so when when you started doing comedy how old were you oh 21 
Yeah. Crazy. And wait, wait. So you dropped out of school. You and you like uh -huh. were were you headed in a bad direction? I, I, I was. You know, here's the thing. I dropped. I just was dumb. Yeah. So I, I, I actually Not dumb. But see, but I I, I would have never. I would have never thought that I wasn't. Yeah. Giving, given, then then you have these experiences that you you process things a different way. Yeah. But it was a frustrating process for me, so I, I just stopped going, and then, um, and then I, you know I work at the L.A. Times, and I, I get to talk. Yeah. And and, and I start doing comedy. And, Were you working at the L.A. Times first? Yeah. Doing what? Selling uh, subscriptions on the phone. Okay. I remember one of my, I remember I called Jay Leno one time. Really? And he all but cussed me out. But did you know it's Jay Leno? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And so, oh, I, this wasn't when you were selling papers, or it was. I was selling papers. Yeah. And I called Jay Leno, and he was like, "I don't want it." And, and then years later, I would be on his show. Yeah. And I was on the show like thirty times. Yeah. And I would always bring that up. And go, I didn't say that, but he always he did say that to me. But I I started and I you know I started being away from the environment that I grew up in. Yeah. And I would have to go to work all the time, and I liked being in that environment. Yeah. Because your parents made you work, or you oh, yeah, felt oh, like you oh, had yeah. to work. Oh, oh no, you going, you going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I like being, a, and I then I meet my wife, and I see her, like I saw her, and I knew I would marry. Where is she from? She's from Los Angeles too, but she went to Car. She lived in Carson, uh -huh. where, the, where, where incorporated. Where, no, no, Carson's a real city. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> black people who did well moved to Carson, yeah. and then Cerritos. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That they was got the, that was the migration. They got uh -huh. the fuck out of L.A. <laughs> yeah. But I saw her, and then I, yeah, I wanted to. Uh, yeah, I dug her, and she didn't dig me, and I was pursuing her, and then yeah. she finally started going out with me. And I didn't have a, I didn't have, I didn't have any prospects for the future. So I knew that if I passed, uh, if I got a GED, that yeah. I could, I could be a cop. And that so, was the plan. Yep. So I said, I, I, I took my GED and I got accepted to the LA Police Academy. And then I said, when I get accepted, I'm going to ask you to marry me. Yeah. But then I got accepted and was out in three days or four days or five days or some shit like that. Why? Uh, I got shin splints. But really, I just didn't want to do all that running. Yeah. Really, I just knew. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm not doing this. And, and 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 I didn't have a job, but I had told her if I got accepted that we'd get married. And so she started planning a wedding, so I had to fucking marry her. So. <laughs> shin splints. <laughs> so, so and then wait, but what, what compelled you to try stand-up? Um, it was always uh, like I would always get girls by making them laugh, uh -huh. and I'd always been able to communicate. Like I was, I remember taking a test as a kid, uh -huh. and they said my comprehension, I like I could understand. Yeah, and these white people would come and take you to the library and give you ice cream and ask yeah. you questions and shit. It was <laughs> like weird. And then I would come back and I was like a an animal that had been touched by somebody civil <laughs> so people would think, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, why'd you, yeah. why'd you go there with them? And then you, yeah. um, and so. So was it, this one's okay. <laughs> this one could They would function. just ask me questions. They would just ask me questions and give me ice cream and hang out. But it was, I, I would, so I was like, I, I did. I could comprehend, and I, I, and I had a pretty good vocabulary for right. them. And that was that was the thing they said. So, uh, when I started working at the L.A. Times, I would go get my hair cut, and I would always talk shit. I was always that's how I got chicks to dig me, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And these cats said, "Well, if you think you're so funny, because back then cats who were barbers so weed and so boosted shit, yeah. did tax, they did all barbers. Kinds of shit. They but they were the barber shop. <laughs> yeah, they was all kind of shit be coming in the back. Yeah. Like we, I remember going to stacks of VCRs and there. Oh yeah, shit. yeah. 
So they were giving a concert and they um, at the uh, Total Experience on Crenshaw with a group called Blue Magic and Robin Harris. And they said... I was going to ask you about Robin Harris. Yeah, that's the first time I'd ever seen him. And they said, if you think you're so funny, open this show. And I had never done comedy. Yeah. I get on my uh, stage and in front of this audience that came to see this group and him. And I said, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I instantly knew that's why I felt sorry for those dudes in my neighborhood. I knew I would do this. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. How'd um, you do? Horrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any material. Right. I, I just, I just. Did you get to know Robin? Oh, yeah. Robin never liked me. No. <laughs> Robin didn't like me to the last 30 days, last 60 days of his life. Now, we did, he wasn't sick, so we didn't know he was dying. Right. But uh, he never liked me. Why? Um, one time he said, uh, here you are. You're going to have everything I have, and people going to like you, and you don't. And I said, man, and he used to intimidate people, but I never let it. I said, I'm not scared of you, man. Yeah. And I told him, everything you have, I'm going to have. I just. You said that scared to him? Yes, and why would you do that in yeah. front of people? It was yeah. the worst. Oh. <laughs> he said that to you. He said it to me, and then I said, I'm yeah. not scared of you, and yeah. I'm going to have everything you have. You're right, I'm going to have everything. But, but it was just a compa- kind of territorial thing, competition. Yeah. And then every time I would walk in, like, I would have a guest set at the Comedy Act Theater. Yeah. The cl- joint closed at 11.30. Yeah. He would do all the way to 11.27 and put me on while people were walking out. And I was still going over and over and over and over. Because he over. was hosting it? Mm-hmm. So that was your guy. That was your nemesis. He wasn't. That was yeah, I, I, I loved and respected yeah. him, but he just wasn't going to let And then to the last 60 days, right before he died, like yeah. we didn't know he wasn't sick. So right. Heart attack, right? He, yeah. And, uh, narcolepsy, heart attack. So he, he started calling me. And then we would start hanging out. And then we would start talking. Oh, yeah. And then we got very close. Matter of fact, his only first and only comedy album, Baby's Kids. Bebe's I was the one that introduced him. That oh, was yeah. Me. That's me, yep. Yeah, he was something else, man. He was. It was like, and, it did, and nobody really knows him, not in the, in, in my no, world. No. Hey, he's one of those comics where you're like, how do you know? How, it just, it was so young, man. Yeah. He died, he was so young. But he, he is the father of modern comedy, not Richard Pryor, Robin Harris. Yeah. He's the, not Richard Pryor, Robin Harris. Why? Def Jam, uh, all that that whole kind of genesis, that yeah. whole kind of evolution. That, that who are the other guys? Uh, I, I, well, in terms of leading, because what happened was Robin Harris made them come down to the hood to see these th- these things. Oh yeah. So you didn't have to. You didn't have made to, who see white people, the, the, the agents and yeah, managers, yeah. and right. they would all talent agents yeah. and development deals yeah. and all that kind of shit. They all came he brought them down. He did, and. So, you know, I don't care if Chappelle's or I mean, Rock was different because Eddie found him. Yeah. But everybody else, like all those people, the Martins and the Waynes. And right. All that kind well, of stuff. Richard's Richard's a different time. Yes. So you're saying the next generation revolved around well, Robin doing that, bringing people there's in. There's never been a more uh, popular group of black comics that, that are he is the 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 if we were starting a tree yeah they would have all had sprung from that oh not yeah from, like the eddies no they had that we yeah. had, but all these people you know now right from the real hood yep in they, a way they, they are yeah because like, they're all that. them right they, they are all from him who are the other guys would be uh i'd say bernie i'd yeah. say cedric i'd yeah. say uh, uh steve i'd uh-huh. say Chappelle. Uh-huh. i'd say martin oh yeah you know yeah uh, uh, chris tucker oh yeah yeah, Eddie Griffin, all the uh, cats. They, yeah. yeah, they would all be from there. Yeah, Bernie was so good. Man. Yeah, he was. He was. What was your first break? Uh, what, what did I... 
I remember the first time I ever made a thousand dollars doing comedy. That's the best, right? With like, Martin Lawrence, I was playing the Rod. What yeah. is that on? It's on Wilshire. What is it? The Roxy, not the. What is? On um, Wilshire? Oh, the El Rey or the it's Rey. the El Rey. Okay, it is, but it wasn't the El Rey. Then. It, like it was like it's that theater. You mean? Yeah, it was yeah. The is it the El Rey? Because I know this. It's one the El Rey now, but okay. it wasn't. Oh, okay, there. okay. Um, um, and so I opened for him and he gave me a thousand dollars and I started crying. <laughs> 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 I was like, thanks so much. Yeah. $1,000. And I, I started crying. Great. I call my wife and I go, baby, I got $1,000. Yeah. We're going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you did. But did, then when did you do so, that HBO thing? Um, You know how I got that HBO special, the one we were talking about earlier? Yeah. I got that. My manager was a cat named Tony Spires. Tony Spires, he held the barrier black yeah. competition. He managed me. And so... They were having those half-hour tryouts. Yeah. And by the, that time, I had worked, and I wasn't working anymore, and I was just trying to be- But you're doing all those clubs that we talked about yeah, earlier. So and you're, so you're kind of hard, comedy-wise. Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I had comedy chopped. Yeah. It just didn't ha hadn't had yeah. expo. So they, they came out to this place called The Townhouse in in the hood. Yeah. And they were they were auditioning J. Anthony Brown, yeah. Eddie Griffin, Joe Torrey, and Jamie Foxx, right? Yeah. He said, I can't get you an audition, but I can let you host. Uh -huh. They'll let you host. Yeah. So I would do 10 minutes, bring somebody on, the do best five spot, minutes, really. bring somebody on, do five more minutes, bring somebody else on. 10 minutes at the end, then I wrapped it up. At the end, they gave me and Eddie Griffin the special. Well, the hosting is a good shot because like, if you do have chops and you go get them, right. Yeah, as opposed to just be scared right. or be someone has right. like a new guy. Right. Then they're like, who's this fucking right. guy? <laughs> That's what happened too. <laughs> yeah. And I got it. And I wasn't even excited that I got the special. I was excited because I knew it was 30 grand. Remember, it was 30 grand to get it. Yeah, and yeah. you could keep your benefit. You get It was for the- Right, right. You get the and SAG. So my, I, I was, first time you get insurance. Yep. yep. And so I had, the first time I had it was that wasn't from the LA Times, it was from the- yeah, and but I remember watching it, and I'm like, you know, I, you were talking about family and stuff, and and it it wasn't it wasn't the material. I was just sort of like, there's something going on. <laughs> I was like, this guy means business. <laughs> yeah, man, you had to be because I, all that all I ever knew was shut the fuck up, pick this dress. I'm like, it was just it was yeah. urgent. Yeah, right. It was a, it was urgent. Right, right, urgent. And then after that, what happened? You start. Um, we just start working on the road a little bit. I worked on the road a little bit. Uh, then we got. When uh, did you start hosting on uh, BET? Uh, shortly after that. Were you hosting? I was. Host I was the first Comic host of View? Comic View. You were the first. I was the very first host. Like, I, like I, I didn't watch it much, but I just remember like talent. Wasn't he one the host forever? I was the very first one. But he hosted it for years, didn't I, he? I, here's how it happened. Yeah. I hosted it for two years. Yeah. I was the first host. I hosted it for two years. The second year. I thought I want to do something different, right? And I quit in the middle of a show, and they started saying we're going to have alternate hosts. Uh huh. And so then the next one was Cedric, and then they had all that. But I was the host for two years. Was there a guy named Talent, or am I making yeah, that Talent up? Yeah, Talent did that. Oh yeah. But it was way like oh, oh way he later, did it way later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way later. Like I was the matter of fact when I did BET, they only uh, I don't know if I can talk if I can say this because. They wouldn't pay me, and so they you couldn't have a lawyer. Yeah, and they wouldn't let they they they, they, they you couldn't have a lawyer. And if you asked for a lawyer, uh, it it would be trouble. But you yeah. could go to an arbitrator yeah. in D.C. They had all the fucking rules. They made a mistake in the contract uh -huh. that said I was supposed to be be paid X amount of dollars per segment, not per show. Uh huh. But. So, but what they did was they would, I, I taped 150 some shows oh my God. and they would cut them up and it'd be best ofs and uh -huh. this so show. And they, so we go 
uh, my lawyer, my lawyer's name was Aaron Fox. It was the name of the corporation. Uh-huh. They re- no, Aaron Fox. They represent. I don't know if they represent him or me, but we had to go to DC to an yeah. arbitrator. We are sitting there. It's me, my lawyer, their lawyers, and the people from BET. Yeah. And BET makes this argument, and they said, "Did you let him have a lawyer?" And they said, "No." They said, "But he knew he wasn't getting paid that." I said, "I only knew with the contract. I didn't. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I had no idea. I couldn't have a lawyer." Yeah. So I, I had a litigate. I had a what a litigator, but uh-huh. I didn't have a lawyer. I, I couldn't have an entertainment lawyer right. to look it over. The lawyer, the the arbitrator looks down and said, "You, he, you, you, you had representation, BET." And they said, "Yes." He said, "You didn't." I said, "No." They said, "Pay him." And the dude started crying right there. The thing. And I said, "Did we win?" <laughs> and they had to pay me all this money for, and for segments, for residuals. segments, for segments. And it was like six segments a show, right? And for they, three years, they fucked up the language they, of the contract. They, yep. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they didn't expect and, and, anybody would call them on. Well, I wouldn't have because I couldn't read. Like I, I like I wasn't like. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have. We couldn't read that shit. Yeah, anyway. I didn't know what the fuck that was. Right, and boy, I know this. That he started crying when they had to pay it. The the BET guy, yeah, the executive, he got fired. Everything. Shit, <laughs> his name was Curtis. I won't say his last name, but he sure did get fired. He started crying in there. I was like, why is he crying? He don't have to write the check, but he wrote the contract. Funny man. And then after that, so when did you start touring with the Kings of Comedy? Is that a long time um, after? A that? long time after that. So we did, uh, we did that. We did but you did view. BET, but when? And then you're touring because I mean you were a big act, right? Well, we did, we did uh, BET. We did uh, half hour. Uh, we did another half. hour. I did this thing called Devil Rush that was uh, with Bobby Pastorelli and it was uh-huh. Diane English show. That really didn't take. But I got. I started making money on the road, so I moved from the inner city yeah. into the valley. Yeah. And that's how the Hughleys came about, because I had white neighbors for the very first time. So in when my you life. toured, though, at that time, because like someone like Bernie, man, if you listen to Bernie's first stuff, I mean, that was for black audiences. Yeah, there was period. no question. Period. So, like, a lot of you guys, and I imagine it still happens, is that it was almost all black audience. Yes. But that's a big audience. It was a very... See, but back then, a mat is, it's still a pretty good-sized audience, but now they have so many more options. Right. It was like, we were back when they had the TV, but with three channels, and we were on one yeah. of the channels. Right. So it was us and white people in Mexico. That was all you <laughs> Right, had. right. And so uh, we were a big, big act, but I, it came about, I was on the Hughleys. They had gone out and done a modified version of that, Bernie and Stead. And Steve, and they were playing theaters. It was okay, but they wanted to move up to arenas. But you had the Hughleys. I had the Hughleys. That was on for, like, that was one of those things I remember, right. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those things where you got moved off a network, and then they got you another network. Yeah, yep, UPN. Sure did. And that was fucking crazy, right? You thought you were done. Yep. I I never did, though. I always knew. I remember when they told us we were canceled on uh, ABC. I said, I don't know how, but I'm going to get us 200 episodes. And I did. And did it syndicate? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, it ain't what it was. It ain't like a Cosby syndication. But then again, I ain't got to pay out a lawsuit. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> no, you don't got to go broke and blind and be disgraced forever. Hey, be erased. Stop from, telling the truth. Be erased from history. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. But then we, you know, I was on the, the, the said was on, said and Steve were on the Steve show. Bernie was just a crushing them on the road. I was on my show. Bernie hadn't had his show he yet. He hadn't had his show yet. And... So they wanted to play arena, so they bought me on, and we toured for three years, and then Bernie got a show. That was huge, that tour. It was very big. And then Spike did the movie. Then Spike did the movie. Did he do it like he did it early on though, right? It didn't like, or did he wait three years? It was was his third year. Oh, it was. So you guys were tight. Yeah, we were. We we were. 
ready to go. But it was weird for me. What happened for me is I had done another HBO special 30 days before it had aired. It's called Going Home. And it had aired about 40, 35, 30, 30 40 days before we were going to shoot the comedy, get the the uh, Kings of Comedy. Oh, really? So I had to write, I had written an hour. Right. So I had to write 30 more minutes. In a, in a month? In a month. It was horrible. Oh, it's the worst. It was horrible. Because you, you spent like a year putting that HBO yep. shit together. A couple years. And right, yeah. and it's tight, and you know how it goes. Yep. Man, yeah. man, how did how did you feel it came out? I don't know. I wouldn't right. notice. It was all right. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. I wish that I'd have gotten. I wish I could have done my HBO special on the Kings of Comedy, but I did it then. But I've done. This is my uh, September eighteenth will, will be for Netflix. Contrarian be my eleventh special. That's amazing. Eleven. That's three great. books and eleven. I've written three books and three specials in the last. Six years. Well, this is like this is the time, <laughs> you know. It it's is, like yeah. if you're giving away money, you know, and yeah. there's all these different options, yep. you know, and and it's sort of hard though, like you know, when you hear about how some of the guys we know and came up with the money they're making, yeah. and then they make your offer. Yeah. There's some part of your brain, but you're still gotta, like still a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's funny? I had no idea. This when they so Michael goes, we got your Netflix special. Yeah. So I said, all right, thanks, man. I, yeah. That's cool, dope. I want to do it, uh, and so. We, I start writing it and getting it together. And then I hear Monique say they only offered her half a million dollars. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. How much did they offer me? Like, it was months later. Like, I had been excited about the deal. Right, I had no just, idea what I was going to do. assume Mike Rotenberg right, would give you a good deal, right? right? Yeah, yeah like, I just what? didn't even think about it because I thought, because when we did specials, it was to it was like a calling card. Just yeah, let me show sure, you. Sure, right, right. Let me right. show off You're for you. You're just happy to get, right, get just, it. Right, I just to get the like, exposure. Right, I want you to see what I'm right, doing these right. days. And then and I they said, told you how much. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll do it." But uh, but it's when when I was looking at like because I I've watched you all all the time. You, like um, you know you had the Hughleys, but then like any of us, you know you got to keep moving. You got to keep yeah. working. And you did the, mm -hmm. the tour, and then like when how did Bernie die again? He dropped a heart attack too. No, he had uh, sarcoidosis. Oh. which is a lung which is a oh, pulmonary oh, oh. thing yeah. so were you with him towards the yeah, end too yeah yeah but the the sad thing about that is that uh, you know we were in Vegas I was doing a gig in Vegas and uh, everybody there was this fake rumor that Bernie had died uh -huh. and uh, we found out it wasn't true so I said I'll go see him yeah. I'll make this run yeah had all these days books so I'll go see him uh -huh. and then he died right when I was gonna like I was winding go down go check it out go check him out and I remember when they had his funeral, I was performing in Phoenix. Yeah. So I took a private jet from Phoenix to go to his funeral and then back to Phoenix. Uh -huh. And I remember the biggest testament you could have to somebody yeah. is to honor them and go see them and then do what you guys have done, yeah. which is to be on stage. Like right. right after my old man died, I was on stage. Right yeah. after, so uh, one thing I did learn is that people say all kind of shit like he knows that you love them nah you got to tell somebody you love them right i think that that's just a that's just that's the coward's way that's what people say so that they let you off the hook right but how could he know something yeah. i didn't tell him so yeah I, I, that's uh, I, that is truly a great regret in my professional person personal that you didn't that, get to say that to that Bernie? i didn't get to say that then, yeah. he's another one of the greats he is that people don't necessarily put up there Oh, they well. I think in our community, he's very oh yeah, well oh yes, good, yes, yeah, yes. But uh, the question I was going to ask though is like, you know, like when I look at you, tried a lot of shit. Yeah, I did uh, a ton. 
You, you, yeah, I mean, I remember when they gave you the CNN show and yeah. they didn't have comedy on CNN yeah. and you're setting up this panel show yeah. and you want it to be informative, yeah. but funny and it didn't quite Man. catch. But you know what's funny? What? Um, we did a million people a weekend. Really? A million, yes. For right. a weekly show? For, for a weekend show. And they and they ran it a few times, right? They ran it a few times, and we did it almost. Uh, we did it from October all the way to like April. But uh, what happened was the economy tanked, uh-huh. um, and so that money that they used to have to have right. experiments they didn't have anymore. And yeah. Larry King wouldn't let, let us use his studio, so I was living in L.A. And they got me an apartment in New York, so I would have to do it and rehearse there and go on the road. Yeah. So I was home for twelve hours a week, so uh-huh. I had to. So I had to get. I wanted to see my family. And, you got uh, how many kids? You got three. Yeah. And so uh, they said, well, either you can do it from have to do it from New York, or you can't do it. And that's why how it ended. But the same apartment I have in New York now yeah. is the one CNN got me. Oh really? You just kept, have it. you kept I, it? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. And then you did uh, like you worked with Jay. You did a lot of segments for Leno's yeah, show. I but you're always like, it, 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 at some point, you know, when you look at your career, and like I have to do the same thing, where you're like, you can't look at it as like, well, I tried a bunch of shit that didn't work out. Sure, you got right, but you still look at it like that's a career, man. Yeah. Right? I, I, I never, I, I haven't had that. Much. It's not that uh, to me. Um, it's one of the things I have always loved about you and respected about your kind of uh, journey. Yeah. Is that all of that was getting you ready for this moment. Right. That's true. All of it. Yeah. So you got to, so I can't, now, like when I look back and they, and I, you know, I've written three books. I've yeah. won a Peabody Award. I got a radio show I dig. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm pretty respected. Yeah, very. I can do what I want. Right. I say what I right. want. If, if. If, if a motherfucker asks me a question, they know I'm gonna tell them the truth, right? You know, so and 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 I have opportunities to do things, and I'm asked to do things all the time, and I get to say no a lot. It's the best. It is the best, man. And so I can't, in the end, and 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 I still comedically love what I do. Yeah, I, I'm. A, it's a, well, the great thing about getting to the age where and having you know had some failures or at least some things that right. didn't happen. Is that you? You know, you you can you don't you become truly fearless at some point, right? You know, at some point it's like, what's going to fucking happen? Right, now? right. What are you going to do? Right. I remember when people got so mad at me. I, I remember uh, I was on uh, Jay Leno on uh-huh. the Don Imus thing had happened, and those uh, you know he called them nappy head hoes. Oh, I was yeah. on Jay Leno, and I said that was wrong. Those girls weren't hoes, but they were nappy head. And what the fucking firestorm that started from who from from the, the women in the black community oh. were angry and they wanted me to apologize and I'm like I'm not fucking apologizing for a joke and they were boycotting me and protesting me really? showing oh man it was insane and then it was bad it was horrible like Steve wouldn't let me on the show because he said people are mad at you and um, there's a lot of people that wouldn't book me and, really yes because the, the the black women were mad mad and I said which was ridiculous because my wife is black. My yeah. mistresses have all been black. My yeah. kid. So I was I was clearly making a joke. Yeah. But I never felt like you shouldn't have to apologize for a joke. Right. And I defended a man that made a bad. It just it just I, I think you're disingenuous if you give yourself leeway that you don't give to somebody else. And it taught me a lot. It taught me I could take a punch. Yeah. And it made me unflinching in my convictions. I yeah. believe what I say. Yeah. And I'm willing to you know if you don't dig it I get it. But yeah. Fuck you if you can't take a joke. And you and you took it. You took uh, Megan Kelly. To task, yeah. which was beautiful. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but, but you know what I don't like about people. Mark? 
uh, people play home games. Uh-huh. Like uh, really, uh, you know, Sean Hannity, all those cats. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tucker Carlson, they're cowards because they only play in their cathedrals. Right. They only play home games. That's right. She was on Fox when you did that, she right? Was on, remember back when she was on Fox when she was a racist and now totally. NBC, she gets to pretend like she's not? It ain't working. Like, just because... I, I look at her and I'm like, you pretty <laughs> monster. <laughs> like, hey, hey, it's just because you cook with olive oil don't mean you don't... Like, so So it was It was one of those times yeah. where, you know, like, I've never been scared to... I can't have remember. My what pos- was it exactly about? It was It was about... Uh, I had another book at that time called Black Man White House. Yeah. And it was a. It was a. That was the second book. It was the second book. It was the oral history of the Obama years. Yeah. And it was told like you know how Twain did that that oral history. Oh kind yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And I pretended like I was there. It was kind of like Forrest Gump. I pretended like I was there doing all, all of these of things. Oh, right, right. And it was hilarious and it had done really well. And we were originally there to talk about that. Yeah. But then Philando Castillo got killed, and there had been this rash of shootings. Right. Uh, and so it morphed to that kind of conversation and she had that dude uh, Mark Furman come out before me unbeknownst to me and I'm like the LAPD guy yeah I'm like a disgrace the monster yeah, yeah look, look when you are so racist that you get a black murderer off yeah. you're not an expert that they should ever use yeah. the only place he could be an expert fight, so we had this huge fight and uh, you know that like, like thirty million people saw because we yeah I remember down. watching it it yeah. was and, and then uh, I was so mad and incensed. Uh, that I wrote this book, How Not to Get Shot, and other advice from white people. Oh, you think that was part of the trigger of it? It was a trigger. It definitely. I, I think that that's and I and it took me a year to a about a year uh, to sell the premise. And my my agent, my book agent Richard, and Peter, my publisher, uh, my editor, uh, we and Doug, who yeah. who wrote the book with me. But thank you to white benign racism and white indifference because it, it is catapulting such a level of creativity, creativity whether it's LeBron James with his shut up and dribble because of Laura Ingram uh-huh. or, or this book because of Megyn Kelly. Uh-huh. It's that blonde, white, indifferent, uh, benign, but vitriolic racism that just is is really kind of what everybody... Ingram's not benign. Yeah, no, she's not benign. <laughs> She's not. Megan's she's pretending not. to be benign. She's but, not. She's not. But, they, but they use the same no, products. I know, yeah, I'll no, say that. Yeah. But, I, but thank you to them. But I, yeah, this book is funny, but it's also, it, 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 I'd imagine it's probably pretty hilarious to, to the black community, yeah. but it's also a, a pretty scathing fucking indictment I, I, that's of what, white people. That it is. Yeah. It is. But, it's but not, I laughed at it. Yeah. Well, because you have perspective. <laughs> right. Each chapter is... It's a, like a, a, a an amalgamation white, of all the advice, the things that white people, white people tell black always, people all the time. Yeah. Always, yeah, yeah, and, like, and all the stuff you've experienced, right? Like, yeah. like, like, don't like how to name your kids, yeah. Where to drive, how not to get shot by the police, yeah. Under, uh, how to act, and then the subcategories are how to be nice and quiet. Right. What kind of music should you listen right. to? Stop making white people say the n word. Right. How to not come from a single parent household. Right. That's tricky because all yeah, it is. But it's all those you know they come from these. Do you know that if you listen to white people, you think every black person lives in Chicago? Like, I don't care what happens in Sacramento, they go, what what about Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Chicago? Most people don't. Yeah. That would be like, that's that's casting it. That's saying everybody that Chicago is really kind of what, you know, that they, 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 they represent the moral failing that we all have. And they, they, that is really kind of uh, biased and racist. But you would never say that because uh, that, that, you know, a lot of people die of opiates in West Virginia, but that isn't indicative. That isn't the total. Uh, that isn't 
what white people are. So it's it's, it's amazing but, to but, me. But, yeah, but you know the the white people are keeping that shit under wraps <laughs> because of shame. <laughs> it because is of shame. Yes. yes, you know, like the amount of white people that are dying from that shit yeah. from all classes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and, and there's an amazing book called Dreamland mm. about the opioid epidemic, but it's like, you know, 50, 60,000, 70,000 a year, yeah. but they can't even address it. Like, they, you know, the, the black community had no, no, uh, they had to address crack. Yeah, because yeah, we were going to jail. Yeah, and dying. <laughs> in prison, yeah. And crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like when they, when they bling up black on black crime, it's like saying, well, if there was a bank that got robbed all the time and the police get to do it because look at they're scared it's black on black crime which is really bullshit because crime is about proximity it's, it, black neighborhoods aren't any more dangerous than white neighborhoods just because they have black people in them they're dangerous more inherently dangerous because they have poor black people in them. Right. show me a safe poor neighborhood right you won't be able to because they're because right and, and, and well, class is not something that's talked about. That's, but they, but they, because they want it to, they want the, those to be the marching orders. But I will say that, um, just like if something happened to you, crime is about proximity. If something happened to you, they would talk to your girlfriend first or your family first. Yeah, they want to wait. You know, oh, yeah, I get it. I get all. That. Let's see who who this. And that's that's the same thing. You tend to hurt the people you're around. But I, I I'm I'm. That people have used, I, I, I fundamentally believe that there's never been uh, a situation that has been visited on black people or people of color that was so horrible, so atrocious, so gruesome, so brutal that America went, you know, that's enough. Yeah. They've, they, I don't think they've ever been so, whether it's Emmett Till or no matter what it is, no matter, I don't care if it's a child strapped to a fucking fan, a motor and thrown and mutilated. Yeah. America's tolerance or uh, they have a high tolerance for the agony of black people. They just don't, they don't care about it. They're indifferent. And, and so when, like the question I had in my mind and obviously I can't, you know, it's like I, I, I can't speak to you as a representative for all black people. But, <laughs> but I, I like when this administration took control mm -hmm. and when Sessions was made attorney general, I, I have to assume that, you know, as as disheartening and heartbreaking and horrible as it was, there was some element within the black community that was like, now, here we go again. My father said, I, we've seen this before. Right. They're like uh, elected officials being racist and hating black people isn't new. It's retro. It's really there have right. been very few people in that in the Oval Office or any other office that didn't that that weren't. But we didn't know it as viscerally as his generation, like our generation. Yeah, sure. You know, like because we're the same age and we've been through some presidencies, mm -hmm. but to be shamelessly racist yeah. and and provoke racism yeah. was a little before us. I would say, like I grew up, I lived in Los Angeles during a Watts riot, so I can't. T I'm right. the first right. one of my mother's children, the first one that had the full rights of an American citizen, the first one. Mm. So. I mean, what, although I wasn't rights. a voter and all that, but oh, yeah. so I wasn't aware. I mean, obviously I wasn't aware, but it still happened in yeah. my life. Right, right, right. So yeah. th th I have, you know, right. I still happened in my life. It, yeah. You know, the fact that the, you know, Voters uh, Rights Act has to be, you know, it's not in perpetuity. You have to keep voting on it and doing it over and over again. So it's, it's just, I think we get to detach ourselves from kind of everyday experiences if we're not having them. But I don't think this seems, Trump, and and his kind seem familiar to me. Yeah, they yeah. do. They, they 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 don't seem. They if you look at the the popularized notion of the average American around the world. Yeah, the the, the perception of us. He yeah. embodies all of it. 
Yeah, I, there's on some level he's like you know it makes complete sense that he's president. Right. It, it, so when you when you look at how we perceive in Europe, how we perceive bellicose, fat, lazy, bully, immoral, immoral. What is he? Greedy. That, right. So you he he embodies. So I I've always I, I said this that Barack Obama it was who this nation aspired to be. Yeah. Trump is who we are. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Trump is who we are. Yeah. This couldn't live. This couldn't. This couldn't. And then it, what cracks me up is when people go, "Well, you know, you know, he can't look at the unemployment rate for black people. It's at a historic low. So how could he be racist?" No. I beg to differ. During slavery, it was zero percent, and they hated niggas. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you can work at two months. Yeah. So let's not pretend the fact that they are that you the people are yeah. employed right. means that we have a level of acceptance and tolerance. Right, right. Everything's okay. No, it's not. Yeah. Well, man, it's great to talk to you. Always, man. And uh, I'm glad I got you the book. It's funny. It's good. Thanks. It's informative. Made me feel, uh, you know, made me uh, look at myself. Yeah. What'd you feel about? <laughs> well, you've already done it. You let a black dude in your garage, and it's yeah. been great. Yeah. And I'm taking something. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Take whatever you want on there. <laughs> just, just don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. What a pleasure. <laughs> D.L. Hughley. I love it. I loved having him here. Again, Contrarian, his new special is now available to stream on Netflix. And his uh, most recent book, How Not to Get Shot and Other Advice from White People, is available wherever you get books. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll pick up an axe. It's been a while. How my fingers. Let's see what happens. (laughs) 